No, I don't hear nothing. Melanated family. How are you doing, man? This is Brother Harrison back for a brand new episode of the Melanated Convo Podcast. I'm excited. Me and my sister Sonia Williams Lewis is back at it. Thank you for joining me, everybody. Please do me a favor, hit the like button, subscribe to the Melanated Convo Podcast. Go to precisioncreate.com for all the new shirts. We have shirts that are a commemorative of this show, like we are commemorating the show and what we do here. So we have a podcast logo shirt. We have a Melanated State of Mind shirt because on this show, we are absolutely representing the Melanated State of Mind. And then I have a Black Father. I have a Black Father collection that just was released. So I have two or three shirts dedicated to Black Fatherhood. I know it's a little after Father's Day. My prints came kind of late. So what? We're going to celebrate fatherhood all year round. You feel me? So go to precisioncreate.com to check out those shirts. Also, go to precisioncreate.com if you're interested in getting your own shirts. So I have a custom t-shirt business where I can make you shirts. I can make you a logo. I can make you a flyer. Whatever you may need for your business, the pricing and structure is on the website. So go to precisioncreate.com so you can get some of those shirts. You can get some information about what we do. Thank you for everybody for joining us today. Let's get right into it. Yay. Sonia Williams Lewis, my sister. How you doing? I am wonderful. You know, it's I tell you all the time that, you know, this is such a um once we get into the groove of things, we look forward to getting together and having these conversations. It becomes for me at least, it's one of those sacred things like okay, we got things to talk about in this world. And I don't know why not more people are talking about the things we talking about in the world. There we go. So I we always go. appreciate being able to come on and say, okay, you know, somebody, one, having the conversation, but two, and then other folks are listening. And so mm -hmm. that spreads, right? Because mm -hmm. word of mouth is, is golden and mm -hmm. um, there's no better advertisement than that. But I mean, finally, it's just like, like I said, there's so many things that are going on that are hitting us. And with this being graduation season, I think that the message that reverberated over and over again, especially mm -hmm. for our babies, is like, mm -hmm. y'all getting ready to go into an effed up world. And make sure that you understand who your circle is. Make sure that you create a safety net for you um, so that you understand who you are. But most importantly, make sure that you, you know, you cognizant of your surroundings and know that you are protecting your mental health. All of the things that we talk about. So I'm just, I'm just always um, honored to be in this space. So thank you. No worries at all. And then, so, because the news story, sometimes people will tell me, Sonia, hey, like, some of the news stories, a lot of people talk about them, or it's right. something that's already out there. Well, listen, it's 40-something million of us. We can all agree yep. that we're not unified. Right. We're not together enough. Bottom line. So, if we got to talk, if 32 platforms got to talk about the same news story to get through to the however many million people everybody's reaching. That's what we have to do because we're not unified enough. I'll change my format to something yeah. different if y'all come together. <laughs> if y'all come together and stop all the bullshit, we, then we can change it to a narrative that's slightly different. But right. police violence, predators in our community, how people treat us, Enough of us don't take it serious enough until something happens to somebody in our family. So right. we ain't complaining. We need to discuss what's going on to ignite 
a fire under somebody's ass. Some people need a certain news story or angle or a certain personality to make them say, you know what? Not only am I upset, but I'm going to do something. So this is the right. do something show. And yeah. I don't care where you heard. If I hear certain news stories 50 times, that's not enough because we're not doing it. You know what I mean? So we need to change the narrative in our communities and then the content and how we create things will change as yeah. well. So I'm happy to be back. We're going to continue to do this. And this is strictly out of love for my people. You feel me? Mm-hmm. So we're going uh, to continue to do this. So hit that like button. Subscribe to the Metal Lady Combo. Let's go. And the topic of the show, the theme of the show is protecting black women and children from predators and the deaf Negroes in our community. There's black yeah. men and women who conduct themselves a certain way. We need to put a coattail. We need to, we're going to talk about a story where things got a little tragic. Sometimes things have to happen. Like we have to protect our women. We have to protect our children. Right. Men right. have to protect the people around them too. So we'll talk about some of that today. Now the first story talking about predators, Sonia. Yeah. This is a story out of, hold on one second, let me pull this up. Because a 41-year-old man, 41-year-old man named Russell Cheese, right? He's communicating online with this young black girl who's 14 year old, uh, 14 years old. And he pretty much abducted this young woman um, for a couple weeks, I understand, right? So police have yeah. apprehended a man who made advances to a 14-year-old black girl using a dating app, then allegedly lured her to his home where she stayed for three weeks, y'all. Now, Gwinnett County Police reported that the girl went missing on May 24th, which was the la- which was the last day of school in her school district in Gwinnett County within metropolitan Atlanta. She was then lingering around the parking lot. They, like, cameras can see her lingering around the parking lot. She cut right, her right, phone right. off. So, obviously, either she was waiting for this dude or this dude got there and subdued her to get her with him, whatever the case may be. But her right. phone was turned off. She wasn't active on social media. And it took weeks, Sonia, for investigators to get information that finally led them to the teenager's whereabouts. Now, they went to the home on Sanders Drive in Moreau, Georgia, and arrested 41-year-old Russell Cheeves. Cheeves is charged with enticing a child for indecent purposes and interference with custody. Clayton County arrest records state that he faces an additional charge for child molestation because according to the court records obtained by local news station 11 Live, Cheeves had sex with this young girl numerous times during that encounter so sonia both of us have kids we don't have girls right but we have young women around us we have young women that we care about this right. can happen to a boy too let's not get Absolutely. it fucked up this can happen to a boy let's too. not get it twisted so, looking at a situation like this knowing social media everything our kids go through we try to warn them about hey be safe let me block this type of app whatever the case may be what were some of the things you think when you've seen this news story you know, when I saw this news story, I'm like, so even though I always want to defer to where was her, where's her tribe? Where's her circle? Where are her friends? Where's her family? Where's her community? Um, I, I sometimes, I, I feel for us parents who just are not in the know of what our kids are going through. Like, mm-hmm. and so where's that disconnect happening? Where's that disconnect happening when, um, her mother and father don't have mother, father, or guardian, whoever the adult support yeah. system is in her life, mm-hmm. doesn't have um, that check-in system. Like mm-hmm. when were when were you? Like how long did it take for you? These are questions that's rolling through my mind as a parent. Like mm-hmm. how did baby girl slip through the cracks? Right. 
But then also leading up to that, what were the things going on in her life where there's some voids? Mm-hmm. And so that's the, I think the question that oftentimes, okay, yes, she's missing. Now we have to be pro, you know, active and, and find her, but there had to be some things prior to that to give us some clues mm-hmm. about, you know, why, what happened? Yeah. Like, yeah. why are you on this dating app? Why are you not doing atypical things that teenagers are doing because and mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't subscribe to what's normal right mm-hmm. but atypical of what teenagers are doing and uh, the conversations that I have with kids in community current and presently because that's you know part of my wheelhouse and, and my expertise is mm-hmm. being former teacher of high school students for so many years they need those adults in their lives to be like checking in on them are you okay? Mm-hmm. What's going? Mm-hmm. I noticed you a little off. Um, mm-hmm. Wait, so real, real quick, Sonia. What, what? Because this is, this is, according to the news story. So her phone was off. She wasn't on social media for the day. So how yeah. do you think a parent can approach that when, or how serious should a parent take it when you've been talking to your kid on the phone every day for months? They yeah. always answer. They always Facetiming yeah. you. Now you try to call them three times, four times. They don't pick up the phone. What should be the course of action? You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and I'm t- I'm saying to parents right now today in every parent engagement um seminar that I do, group session that I do is you need to create a system now. It's like remember back in the day when we had our safety plans. Like I don't know about you, my mama was uh, she worked. She was a single mother. We were latchkey kids. I wore my house key on a piece of yarn around my neck, tucked that shit in. Don't take that out. Don't let nobody know that you're going home by yourself. But we had safe words. Like Mm -hmm. if somebody was in the house, like we knew that the phone was going to ring like five minutes by the time she timed us to get home. (laughs) So she knew how long the walk was or if we rode the bus. And she called us five minutes after to giving us instructions on our snack take your school clothes off. Cause you know what, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. Don't mess mm-hmm. them school clothes up. But we had a system. We had also people that we could identify that if it was an emergency, we can go to them. And so, mm-hmm. I, you know, part of me hates the fact that we are in this digital age where everything is like right there, right? The cell phone, everything, we rely on it so heavily. Mm-hmm. But technology is a beautiful thing, especially in cases like this. You can ping, you can um, ping the location. You can, um, even when a phone is off, um, you can start tracking. You can mm-hmm. look at the history where that person has been online and things like that. So I, I, I'm, I just, I, I'm not saying that it's anything against what they did and how they responded. I'm just saying that we need to have, we need to be proactive and have something in place sooner rather than later and be having these ongoing conversations with our children first thing that we're doing is like who are all her friends calling them when is the last time you saw her Mm -hmm. having that relationship with those parents of those friends Mm -hmm. making sure that those like the lines of communication like this is what i do at my house and if your kid gonna be at my house this is what they gonna be exposed to can you tell me if my child was at your house what are some a high level of involvement a high level of involvement because (laughs) a lot of times We're not involved. Well, let me say it this way. Technology, I think, everybody listening to me, technology relaxed all of us. 
Absolutely. Let's just all admit it. What you was just talking about, Sonia, was a time when communication had to be different because we didn't have, we couldn't ping you. Right. We couldn't call you. We couldn't right. see, look on your Instagram and see what you're doing and shit. We right. had to call the phone. And a home phone, you was there. I knew you, you there. was there. <laughs> less, less levels of technology yeah. required a higher level of accountability because you couldn't yeah. tell me your phone was dead or it was off. No, a house phone going to ring all day long, no matter what's long. going on. You see what I'm saying? So parents yeah. need to realize, and I and look, I've been guilty of having moments where my life is a lot. Yeah. And now I get to, like, I'm on autopilot with my kids. Yeah. I've even had the mistake of, because I got boys. Now, this mm -hmm. was a little girl. And I got, a, and, and my soul hurts sometimes because I got granddaughters and I've never treated none of my kids. My youngest son, 15, oldest, 24. Right. Never treated none of my kids like I treat my granddaughters. I don't like walking. I don't like letting them walk sometimes. Yeah. I don't like letting them walk behind me. I don't like letting them walk without holding my hand. I don't right, like right, letting right. them go outside. But I treat them a little differently. And I think yeah. parents, yes, treat the girls like that. But let's dig into the boys the same way. Because I've Absolutely. got lax with my kids. And I see how you trust your kid. You see them every day. You know they don't go without nothing. But some of these kids be lying. So yeah, let's keep it real. They some do. of these kids say, I'm going to A. But I'm actually going to be absolutely, you know what I'm absolutely. So, tracking the phone, talking to the friends, letting them know how serious stuff is. All of this can be useful because this could have been even more tragic. Like this young woman, everybody, we're talking about a young woman in Atlanta, Gwinnett County, like a suburb outside of um, Atlanta. She mm -hmm. was pretty much abducted by a 41-year-old white man that she was talking to online. This white man brought her to his house, had sex with her for three weeks, or she was there for three weeks. This is tragic, and who knows the type of counseling or what she's going to have to go through mentally Absolutely. to kind of deal with this. So <coughs> we can't get some of these moments back. As a parent, man, no. I'm, I'm so understanding of young black parents who lose their way or not yeah. understand the severity yeah. of certain things until it's too late. You know, yeah, now you have to retract, retract and kind of um, pick up the pieces, but sometimes only the damage can be done already. Absolutely. And, and I think there's a testament to what you just said when it's, when we're specifically talking about young parents, because there is no prescription, right? There's no to-do manual that you have like on deck to be like, when do this go here? When go here? Mm -hmm. If all else fails, do that. There's no mm -hmm. instruction manual. Um, we as individuals are all different and our children are all different. And even though we try our best to treat them the same, we know, you know, consciously that they are not the same. I had yeah. to learn that the hard way. Like, woo, mm -hmm. like one child being oh, uberly like, shoot, I I like the attention, so punish me. <laughs> you know that kind of thing. That happens. Whereas, that happens now. Like, Sonia, real quick, the the uh, somebody asking my um, my guy QG who tuned into the show last week. How you doing, brother? He's asking, was a girl there the entire three weeks, and parents couldn't find her. That's true. She was right. there for three weeks. And they couldn't find her. Now imagine that. Imagine three days, two days going by, three days going by, four, and you can't find your baby because you know in the back of our mind, like watching TV and shit, they tell you once it hit a certain number of days, the chances of you finding them alive, alive, right? Slim to none. So think yeah. about that amount of anguish, QG, where you 
what parent could sleep at night? Yeah. Knowing my baby is out there, and I have no idea where they are. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's that's nerve. I can even think about that. I can't even think about that. I, I really can't. And and as I was saying that when we have these norms and ways that we treat them, I, I think like the approach to safety, mm -hmm. I don't care male, female, I don't care how old you get. Like we going, I don't care if you grown and living out my house, like still there needs to be, I, I think that that's responsible connection to our babies. Mm. Um, it's, it's, uh, they never are never our babies. They're never not our babies, right? Never, that's a, never not our babies. They're always the beautiful humans that we brought into this world. And so mm -hmm. that level of concern, I I, I, I feel for, because I know that one day that I'm going to really, really have to send one of mine off somewhere, right? <laughs> <laughs> and one of the ladies at the graduation this weekend was talking about, we need a parent support group. I was like, girl, let them go. Let them do their thing. Because I was that independent kid, right? Mm. But it me and my mama had a routine. It was a ritual. If I didn't call, she would have, she was a pole working mama. <laughs> and she mm. would have broke, went to hell to high water to get herself to Atlanta any kind of way if she thought that my routine wasn't, was off in any kind of way and that I was mm. unsafe. She would have. Yeah. She just would have. But that that's yeah. where I think a lot of us as parents, we get caught up in the rat race and we get so just consumed by making money. Like sometimes mm -hmm. kids don't care how much money you got. Mm -hmm. Come on now. Come on you know? now. So Simone Lewis commented, black women and children are easy targets. Thank you for tuning into the show. Uh, the yes. show uh, black women and children are easy targets for predators because they're some of the least cared about people in society. This is an absolute fact. Fact. This, 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 is, fact. this is an absolute fact. Now, because what we always talk about, not just on the show, but a lot of in a lot of black spaces I I pay attention to, they'll highlight there's so many missing black women that you I've never seen a missing black woman on a billboard. I'm waiting to see it. I've seen about four white women on the billboard. Never seen a black woman on the billboard. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So, Simone, Lewis, this means because looking outside of the community for help, that may be a lost cause, y'all. I'm sorry to tell yeah. you that. We got to look within. So, when we know we're some of the least protected, then we got to create yeah. a net around our children because we know the police and the authority figures they're going to drag their feet. They're going to ask hella unnecessary questions. Not like if little Becky gets snatched. Little Becky gets snatched, you're gonna see commercials and shit. But with us, little, little, what, what was you doing, Mama? Where was you? At? Not saying that happened in this situation, but that happens too much. So, how about we create a safe net? That's why the name of the show is Protecting Black Women and Children. Because as the men in our society, our our mind gotta be right, so we can possible, so we can help not just our family. I want people to get to the point where they're secure enough in the structure they've created in their family. Where they can say, you know what? Now I got to go out and help people. Now I got to take what I did in here that's working. I got to go outside and help. You see what yeah. I'm saying? Because yeah. I'm hoping if this was a situation where this little girl was forced into that vehicle. Because we know she was with, like she was communicating with this guy. So she may have fell up under the auspices. He's cool or whatever. She could have went and went with him. But we need yeah. to get to a point that if, let's say she's kicking and screaming. Or having a hard time trying to get in the car, and we see this as black men, as black people, we see this. Absolutely. 
we got to stop what we're doing and act because that's your sister too. And that yep. now, because I know if it was your daughter, you would do it. But even yeah. if it's not your daughter, you see somebody that looked like us in trouble, you got to help out. You feel me? So let me say yes, one more thing. And that is um, after reading the article, I sometimes question, and I realized that this was Atlanta Black Star, and so I'm going to say this with love. Um, but the, the I have so many questions, like as a concerned per person, as a as mm. a concerned parent, um, as a former educator, I have so many questions. Like she was stay, she stayed there for three weeks. Like, okay, where does where's the point where we as a community, especially us, holding ourselves accountable to what's going on in the world and the dangers that exist and are constantly a threat at our back? What when do we turn when do we start stop giving grace to predators? Um, because it, the police were obviously involved. So that tells me that someone alerted the police, um, whether it was the parents, the school, whoever, right? So someone alerted the police. But the language used in the article, and maybe this came from other news sources, because oftentimes when we have Atlanta Black Star, they get the information from a new, another news source. So they kind of they don't have complete discretion in writing the article. I Very just true. don't appreciate starting off reading an article. Police apprehended a man who made advances to a four, black 14-year-old girl using a dating app. They allegedly then allegedly lured her to her home when she stayed for three weeks. That mm. implies, right, that, okay, even if she was like, okay, I'm going with you, he's still a predator. Mm -hmm. <laughs> At the, at the end of the, the thought, day, the I soft viewing of the article. I see. Right. I see. Yeah. I want yeah, you to yeah, leave yeah, yeah. this news story with this scumbag predator, <laughs> this nasty ass old 40 year old, 41 year old man, lured a 14 year old yeah. baby. That's the kind of language that I want. I, I want there to be straight to the point when we're talking about black girls and i don't think that there's enough seriousness when we talk about black girls black women and how Good to back. protect them and look for them and keep them safe because again if this were becky and she was 14 or 18 21 even mm. the whole it would have been a different it would have just the narrative would have been different damn that's god damn that's very interesting sonia because I didn't know he was a predator until about a, almost two paragraphs in. Right. See, I don't mind reading, so I'm reading it, but you're absolutely right. It was like two paragraphs. You got the name to you got yeah. what happened. They were soft-shoeing it like this is a, this is yeah. a sports story. Right. When, how we speak and how we give it up, you go, you go right into what happened because this is a predator. We need to be, to me, like, that's why I'm happy we talk about news stories. Yeah. They should be cautionary tales about what we need to do with our babies. Don't soft shoe it. Some right. you don't even need all them words. Give me the facts. Right. And if you're Atlantic Black Star, not to shit on y'all. I like y'all website, but let's right. get right to it. Let's get Absolutely. right to it about our people. I know you got to be professional. There's journalism. There's journalistic integrity and all this shit. But jump right into it because this is tragic. I'm happy you're telling us about the story. Absolutely. But jump right into it. So that's an absolute fact, my sister. Now, yeah. next thing I want to talk about real quick, and this is going to be a quick one, but because yeah. me and Sonia talk about police and their perception of us, but we're talking about protecting black women and children in a police department in, in Georgia. This is in Georgia as well. 
same place we talked about the other day. A policeman in Georgia is catching flack because they're basically using images. Yeah, they have a new class of cadets coming through, and they're doing the, um, they're doing like the fire safety training where they're doing the firearm training. I mean, in the pictures of the individuals they're using when they do firearm training is pictures of a black man in a beanie, looking like a thug. Right now, they tried to come out and clean it up, Sony, and basically say, um, we use white targets. We use black targets, but in this situation, the target they're shooting at is black, and this is completely problematic. Like we were talking about before we started the show, Sonia, our problem with um, police, the police force in America, and the creation of the police force in America, like this has been a problem for us since yeah. we've gotten here. And one of the biggest problems is the perception and the stereotypes surrounding black life. So putting up a picture of someone black is furthering that way of thinking. We already got police officers who don't live around us. Right. This is a, it, that's one of the biggest problems to me. These are not people of the neighborhood. Right. They don't live around us. So you're feeding into the propaganda about black stereotypes. If you show them a picture of a black person, I would say if you're going to show a picture of a, you don't even need a goddamn picture of a criminal to shoot it. If you want to shoot the body, I think they put a right, person in you. Yes. Because they want a, people to be able to shoot different parts of a body. I get it. Absolutely. Put up a, put up a silhouette. You, understanding how the human mind works. We're visual people. So if we see something and, and it's visually, it looks like a criminal and it's black, it's white, you shouldn't have a person. It should just be a silhouette of anything, like a silhouette of Absolutely. a person. Don't put a color on it because that can lead to some negative things. Don't you think, Sonia? Absolutely. I, I, I tell us all the time when we have these conversations is that the mind is a brilliant muscle, just like our, when we work, go to the gym and work our biceps and we're doing those curls, they get used to the weight at such and such, right? And so they're mm -hmm. expecting when you get to that bar and you lift the whatever, however you're doing your curls, they're expecting a certain amount of weight. And if it's lighter, they're, they're going to respond different. If it's heavier, it's going to respond differently. The brain is no different. It is a muscle as well. And if you condition the brain to see black people, the assumption... Mm -hmm regardless of where you've come from, how you've been raised, if you ain't never done nothing, spoke nothing racist and negative, the brain is conditioned to respond to black people with your gun out. So it's not like, oh, why are you asking me why I got my gun out? Because you, mm -hmm. right? So we are absolutely, so Simone said, viewed as disposable, right? This is the That's reality. The so if mm -hmm. we are really and truly wanting to change the dynamic, change the conversation, change the lens even of what trainings look like when we're talking about law enforcement, this has to be part of the conversation. Part of the conversation has to be like, one, we're doing constant psychological checks to see if the conditioning has gotten stuck in such a way that the target is always black people. Right. Mm -hmm. Because we know that this to mm -hmm. be the case. We still studies are still being shown about the number of black folks in black communities who are being pulled or the number of black folks in community period who are being pulled over from traffic stops. Right. Mm -hmm. And that there's mm -hmm. still higher numbers of black folks. So yes. I'm, I'm just saying that if 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 Philando Castile have been given the benefit of the doubt. Right. He'd be alive today. A man who legally had 
a license to carry his weapon, even mm -hmm. in his vehicle, who tells the officer who asked him, do you have a gun? He says, yes, in my glove compartment. And yeah, you yeah, right. Because the, the conditioning is, I see you, black man, and you say, yes, I got a weapon, so you are an automatic threat. That's the automatic condition. Threat. Yep. Yep. And this is and th that pictures like that perpetuate this. And, you know, to me, um, with the origination of police departments being slave catchers, you know, it kind of and this is in the south. And then it went to the north and it, it took different shapes to become the police department we have now. But history right. does a great job of repeating itself. It shouldn't right. if changes are made. But that's what we're witnessing here. So when it comes to protecting our women and children, everybody needs to be aware of like. Because the police departments conduct themselves this way and they create right. such a stigma around race, we need to be on cold with each other. So that's yes. why me and you've talked about this before. If you at your house having a dispute with a family member, no violence, just a dispute. Y'all arguing, can't get along. Do not call the police. I'm yeah, no. sorry. No, I'm not ready to tell you to do that yet. No, no, I don't no. trust them yet. I don't trust them yet. They haven't done nothing because he hears the problem with police in different institutions like this. Somebody will say, hey, all police aren't bad. And I'll say, OK, I concur. You may say there are some who attempt to fight justice, some who don't even want to be in that circle of cops who doing foul right. shit. But how do I know who's going to show up? Right. Does his badge got a little something on it that show me? Do it got a little Black Lives Matter sticker on his badge so I can know he here to actually protect me? Hell no. It's nah. such a case by case basis. If we've seen too much, well, we call the cops because my uncle acting crazy. My uncle, who's mentally ill, we call the cops because we say, hey, we need somebody to come help us because we don't know if he's going to touch one of us. We want right. to hurt himself. Right. Cops come and shoot his ass. Cops come and kill him. This has happened multiple times so it's like it's backfiring these people who are put here to protect and serve they not really protecting and serving like that and then negative energy travels faster yes. it like reverberates faster so if yes. you have a you have a handful of negative ones but a couple who trying to do the right thing the negative shit is going to always outweigh it so family out there be, be cautious about dealing with the police department be yeah. show respect to people who show respect to you yeah. In, in, have, in all walks of life. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have a, we don't call it, anybody who come up in my house and, and you befriend my family at whatever level. I'm I'm really having a conversation with you. We'll, we'll fuck with the police like that. So I'm going to expect that if you get into your feelings, you need to figure out a way for you to leave the dynamics because we ain't calling the police over here. And likewise, I'm not going to call the police on you. Right. Mm -hmm. there we so go. there, there we, go. That we off the rip, we haven't we have the conversation of, about that just in general. But mm -hmm. I, I think that we have as folks and you and I have talked about this and 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 folks, you know, go back into the archives and see some of these shows and, and, and the conversations that we've had, because we've really touched on some of these things. But and, and they can't be said enough. At the end of the day. Yes, police officers are come from a history of being slave patrol. But we, in our attempts to make it out of the proverbial hood, we, we got to look a certain kind of way when we get into them new hoods. We got to act, a, you know, what does dignified look like to you, right? Mm. And so I, I'm having this, you know, this struggle myself. 
I took my kids out of South Sacramento. Well, I shouldn't say ever took them. I grew up in South Sacramento. I grew up in Oakland and then we landed. I, you know how um, Malcolm S said, you know, the Plymouth Rock didn't land on us. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that line is. We landed in Sacramento. Yeah. And I was not happy about landing in Sacramento. Um, and, and once I graduated high school, I was out of here with jet skis on. Um, yeah. But what I, I knew as a teenager, this is not how I want to live. Like I saw enough around me that this is not how I want to live. And, and while people in the hood, they like, that's our girl. Like she, she coming back. She do things in the hood. She makes sure that we good. But there was a point in life where I was like, I ain't going back. Cause that's negative. It's toxic. It's I just, mm. I don't want that to be my fate. So we have mm. to be very intentional about not falling into the trap of elitism, us black folks, because mm. it's just as dangerous as racism. Because then we Ooh, begin to think wow, that we do good for them folks in the hood. So when we have our family reunions and stuff, and we getting together with the fo- other people in the family, and we, and then you see our kids hanging over here, and then they get, I'm like, why? Yeah. Y'all the same age. So we do uh, ourselves a disservice to completely disconnect ourselves from the roots that we have. And and hmm. I, if one thing that I hate is seeing us treat us like we ain't shit. This that the, is like, it's, where's cold? Where I don't know how we got to that place, but I mean, mm-hmm, and but mm-hmm. part of me, you know, being a, having a per, uh, I got a degree in history, so I know about the talented tenth, right? And those who going to get their pursuit of education in these all these positions in the world because we want equality to the white man. Bump mm-hmm. that, like I'm, I'm, I just want to be respected. I want to yeah. be accepted. I want my voice to be heard. I, I'm not trying to be equal to the white man because in my opinion, the white man is evil. They devils, they they violent. And mm-hmm. if we were the same, we just a different breed. But if we were the same, like I say all the time, our get back game would have got back. <laughs> Obviously, you know what I mean? And, that's, and, they, and we're not speaking about all white people, but too many right. of them. Too many How about them. that? Yeah, Too many absolutely. of them and too many of them that are in powerful positions yes. who kind of induce a lot of this behavior. So family, look, be cautious with police and be respectful to people who be yeah. or respectful to you, but be on code. Like even in situations where we have interactions with cops where in my opinion, if you have a gun as a cop and I don't have a gun, I'm behind enemy lines. It's almost being in the army and being caught by whoever y'all fighting like you gotta right. conduct yourself a certain way to get out of that like i don't want you to kowtow or or um don't be don't be true to who you are but at the same time the system wasn't made for you so if you find right. yourself in a particular situation regardless of how you act you can be become you can become the bad guy or the person who the fault gets put on when in actuality you was in the right that's why unifying and conditioning ourselves to say i have a tribe of black people behind me if i leave this incident i just need to leave this incident safely and then my tribe will help me out whether that's a legal matter or whether that's going in a different direction like we right. got to be willing to go there we're going to talk about a story in a few minutes that that kind of highlights to me the fact that we we quick to touch one another if we get if we feel disrespect by somebody that looked like us, we're gonna go all out 
to defend what yeah. we do and we go go all, go all out in violence and everything but if george if you seen george zimmerman come in a liquor store you at what you gonna say to him what you gonna do right. to him so we gotta look at the right. love we have for our family and the respect we have for ourselves and translate that shit into everybody in the community you feel me so be, know know that police officers are out here looking at you a particular way because you black so be cautious i don't mean see a cop and buck on them or or immediately assume they're nefarious, but your eyes right. and your ears gotta be open. Your phone gotta open, be ready to record. You gotta be ready to call somebody in your family. You gotta be on alert. Like war may be about to start. How ready are you? You see Absolutely. what I'm saying? Yeah. That, that's how we have to see it now. One more thing before we get to the main thing I want to talk about. I, like me and Sonia was talking about this past weekend, I put on Netflix. Right, put on Netflix. My granddaughter's at the house. I do this a lot where I find a quick show and I just throw the show on. To, to this is something I'm never gonna do again. Found a quick show called Ada Twist Scientist. Now, granted, to be fair, I've read some things. What I'm finna mention about this show is the first time it happened on this show, and maybe any show like it. The, besides that, the show seemed to be like a pretty okay cartoon. But the bottom line is, my I put the show on. Sony and my homeboy called me right back and said, "Whoa, whoa, 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 babies, can't watch this. Let's record what we, what we about to see." I don't know what he was gonna show me. On this show, Ada Twist Science, there's a there's a scene on the cartoon where two men, two men, get married. Not yeah. just that they get married, like because. I remember watching cartoons as a kid in animated shows, and I've never seen a man and a woman kiss on the show. I could be wrong. Right. It could be my my purview of what I've seen. Yeah. Never seen them kiss. Never seen them be intimate. On this show, not only did, did the two men get married, but they kissed. Yeah. And another caveat, someone informed me that all parents out there, Netflix may have a... Um, um, something that shows when you put on the show, showing that it's all inclusive or something yeah. hinting to you that the show could show something that has some LBTDQ type of um, right. type of scenery in it. So you may want to back off if that's something you don't want to show, uh, show your kid. If that's the case, everybody look for that. But showing a small child, two men kissing, something about this feels unhealthy. And this is me who... If a family member, of, let's be clear, if a person around me tells me they're gay or lesbian, bi, whatever, I'm going to be there for you if you're my family. That shit don't bother me. Like, let's, uh, I'm, I'm going to make sure you're safe. I'm going to make sure your mental health is where it needs to be. But the propaganda right. surrounding the LGBTQ, all the, all the damn letters, the propaganda surrounding this, this movement is weird to me. So when you're like, when Obama was president and he came out and basically said, He's okay with gay marriage. At the time, it was off-putting to me, but I'm like, whatever. Maybe there's something he felt. Maybe these people need just whatever, right? I'm I'm an African in America who didn't been fucked over, so I'm look at other people who've been through stuff and say, you know what? Maybe maybe this individual needs help too. But man, in America, everything surrounding the, the, the lesbian and gay movement, sometimes I feel like they moving faster than us. Sometimes I feel like they getting. They getting just as quicker than we do. Now, every show yeah. I cut on, literally 90% of the shows I watch have some type of gay scene in it. And look, y'all, I don't trust this country. It's not that I got right. anything against anybody gay, but I don't trust this country. So I'm like, okay, 
why are you doing this? Every time you watch something, every time you see an influx of one thing being presented to you by the media or the world we live in, Sonia, shouldn't you be thinking, why is this happening? Absolutely. I, I think that we need to question everything. And, and so what I'm hearing is two things here. And I, I just want to be clear for the folks um, who are listening. Two things. One, that there, there is propaganda and there is this agenda that seems to be being pushed. And even um, as my kids and my kids are they range in age. And, and when I say kids, I include my nephews who are as old as 32. And so these is my kids. And, and we have these conversations. So my, my adult kids in my life, they range in age from 32 to 22, right? And so I hear them sometimes, specifically like my 25, my nephew who's 24 and 21, um, they have these conversations about like legitimately feeling that they are being pushed out the narrative when it comes to relationships and that being a cisgender, a straight man in, in America, a straight black man in particular, there's not mm -hmm. enough emphasis on who we are and how we um, 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 matriculate throughout society. So that's this one thing, fact. right? What is the mm -hmm. agenda and the propaganda around this narrative or the sharing of, or the inclusiveness even of the LBGTQIA? So that's one thing. Mm -hmm. The second thing that I hear um, you saying, Harrison, is we as Black people, as a collective, haven't even got to a place where we feel the comfortability and the justice and accepted in this country. But you're saying you're seeing this group have strides that have surpassed us. And I want to say that these two things are not mutually exclusive. They can intersect because we do know that there are Black folks who are part of the LBGTQ community. I am. This was like by happenstance. I wore this hat that you know has the rainbow, but it says human. And it's just by happenstance. I like the hat. So when I was in the store and I bought this hat, the lady was like, oh, that's for Pride Month. And like, she was like, kind of like, I didn't know that. I'm yeah. like, <laughs> right. So mm -hmm. I, I think that we become uh, or we have become too sensitive. And I know that's not the right word, but you, I want you to get the gist of what I'm saying. We've become oversensitized to thinking that someone else's progress is is against our progress right mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. and and we have to keep that narrative in the conversation i also want to say that to my folks out there um in doing community work because when i'm doing community work harrison unfortunately the folks that show up and when i say community work i'm saying community work that is talking about the equity for black folks Mm -hmm. The people who show up are black women and black LBGTQ people. You, you told I, me that before. And, and, and not for not wanting to include black men in those spaces. Mm -hmm. I think that black men oftentimes, and I was having this conversation with one of my Morehouse brothers recently, is that he had shared with me that his children have been calling him racist and sexist. And mm -hmm. I was like, let's unpack that a little bit, right? Because too, too often I'm hearing black men in particular say that this infringes upon, you know, who I am and, and why am I not included? And I'm saying we need to make spaces for you to be included. I need represent. Yeah. I'm, I'm the mother of six boys. I want them to feel represented. 
But I don't want them to feel like in order to do that, you got to take away someone else's representation. Um, mm-hmm. There's a commercial that's been running and and I, for the life of me, I own several of the, the, um, the normal local TV channels. And it's about protecting the Jewish history of the Holocaust. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking to myself, well, damn, black folks went through a way worse Holocaust than the Jews did. But mm-hmm. then I had to take a step back and not be in my feelings, facts over feelings, right? Mm-hmm. The fact of the matter is the Jewish have been able to get reparations. The Jewish community yes. is very intentional about, about we ain't repeating this shit. Whereas we haven't unfortunately been giving that power because our proximity to whiteness is devoid. Mm-hmm. So the one thing that mm-hmm. I can say about this agenda and the propaganda around LBGTQ is that the agenda is white centered LBGTQ. Yes. And we have to take that. And I hear that from folks who are black in the LBGTQ community be like, well, shit, they ain't, they ain't representing us. Yes. We didn't put that See? narrative together. So, so I think I, this is a, that was perfectly said. So I think this, it's a systematic issue. Yeah. So it's not even about anybody who starred on that cartoon, right. the actors, right. people who got paid, the people who were doing their art. None of nothing. My thinking isn't aimed at anyone individually. Right. You just propaganda. want to be known. You wanted to be told, like, can I get a warning? This is can I get a warning? And the propaganda that's put on us by the United yeah. States. Now, this is the LBTQ situation. This yeah. is when it comes to um the 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 wars that we participate in. Absolutely. You can pick the you can pick the situation, but propaganda is pushed on us yes. by companies and yes. people who are in the elite and i don't like that so i'm there because you mentioned that and before you even told me that as far as some of our gay brothers and sisters who are who are at the center of a lot of these movements, movement. i don't knock that and i believe yeah. that i've seen that with my own two eyes so i don't want anyone who lives that lifestyle to feel like this is an attack on them because right, no. I think there should be a balance because, and I tell people this who are close to me, I don't think people who are gay in the, for the most part are choosing this lifestyle. How you feel yeah. is how you feel. So Absolutely. I want you to feel represented though. I want you to yeah. don't feel like ain't no, nobody like me in this world. Like nobody is, right. Nobody's looking out for me. Nobody understands what I'm going through. See, so there has to be a balance because I want you to feel represented. But at the same time, I don't like how these corporations are presenting stuff. Like it just seems it seems weird. You haven't I've seen a news story where they had like transgenders reading like uh, 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 books to kids in the first grade or second grade. I'm right. looking into these things like I'm wondering, what are you doing this for? I yeah. want to assume that America is genuinely doing this to benefit people from this community, but I don't trust the government. So I, I don't know I, what I, they and are. I love that that you said it that way, because at the end of the day, we can't trust them, right? <laughs> we mm-hmm. can't. The history has shown itself that it's just not in our best interest. And while we say all day long, like I do, I, I, I consider myself to do a really, really good job with how I approach people in general. I don't care what your background is, what your sexual identity, who you, what your, pre- that's not, at the end of the day, if I don't have to sleep with you, why should I be caught up on? 
who you are as an individual. As long as you are a human, I'm fighting for you. As long as you are human and black, I'm extra going to fight for you. I mean, Mm -hmm. equity across the board is important to me. Mm -hmm. But equity when it comes to black folks is really, really uberly important to me. And so I, I like what what happens to the kids who go home from school and they got mommy and mommy or daddy and daddy who are raising them they need to know their friends need to understand don't shun me they their friends need to and and and, and so yeah propaganda is part of this and that messaging is is important but i think that we have to do a better job. Like I didn't see the whole show. I saw the clip that you know was sent over, but what mm-hmm. we have to do a better job is have these conversations with our children about like, if you got a good friend and you found out both their parents were the same gender, how would that make you feel? Like there we I, go. I'm not, I'm there not we go. sure that I've gone into that much details with my kids, but we have friends. I have a, a, a friend from the movement. She and her wife have a little black boy who's friends with my, my son. They the same, mm-hmm. oh, and they love each other, right? Mm-hmm. But when they see the two mamas, I, and I've been asked by one of my sons, one, we, they're not gonna just completely shun him, the child, right? But do they have questions? We need to be as parents and adults to be able to answer those questions responsibly, because yeah. there are kids going home to mommy and mommy households and daddy and daddy households. We and- have to accept that. Yes, and we need to prepare our kids for that. That's why yeah. I said, hey, no, let me cut this off. And I'm going to talk to his mama and I'm going to talk to his daddy and let and let, and let the parents know, hey, this is what's out there because you're right. I think the best thing, Sonia, is wanting to get to your kids first. You should get to your kids yeah. first about man on man, woman on woman. That's out there. Absolutely. Figure out a way to talk to them about it. Figure out a way to like broach these conversations so they don't treat people unfairly. Because we Absolutely. have religious folks and different people in our community who feel like that's going against God's will and all this different type of shit. I'm going to be honest. I never really had that feeling. As a man, yeah. the biggest thing for me, just to keep it real, was a man. Looking at a man um, act like a woman can be yeah. uncomfortable. This yeah. isn't, I don't dislike him. I don't have anything for a man, though. It's uncomfortable to see that or to see men on men. It's an uncomfortable, it's it's. It's not a comfortable feeling to actually see something like that. And right. you got to deal with why is it uncomfortable? Now, people Absolutely. have said maybe it's uncomfortable to you because you part of this is all could be a fact. Right. I'm keeping it real. It just makes me uncomfortable. But I have people around me who participate in that lifestyle. We cool. Like, I don't yeah. even think about that when I speak to them. Right. This right. is the 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 LGBTQ situation in our community needs to be talked about because yeah. that's separate to me. We all are battling white supremacy. So I don't care who you choose to lay down with. Tomorrow, we got to go fight. Are you coming? Because they fighting us. That's it. They're going to fight us. Absolutely. That's it. Are you, are you coming? We'll talk about all the specific shit later. Yeah. As long as you riding with me, being a black man, as long as you recognizing your blackness first, we can do anything. We can, we, we can get this shit popping. Because Absolutely. that's the biggest issue. I don't have a problem with nobody in that community that look like me. But the system that we live in is nefarious and don't let them use you. Don't let yeah. them use your movements. Yeah. Don't let them use any of this shit for nefarious because they have us fighting each other. I'm not stupid. Yeah. I know how it works. You know what I mean? So I'm not going to let the propaganda get to me. But I was shocked, appalled. Yeah. So parents, pay attention. Talk to get, get to your kids first. Look at the yeah. show. Make sure you know what's on it. Then have the conversation. See how they feel about it even. 
talk to the actual child, see how they feel about it. See, find out if they've seen something like that before. Get an right. understanding with them so they can have perspective. That's all. It's about yeah. preparation when it comes to parenting. You feel me? So, last thing we're going to talk about, and this is the big topic I wanted to discuss with my sister. So there's a video um, that, and this is the incident that happened in Chicago where, yeah. where a black woman was inside of a restaurant or some type of food spot getting some food. Video yeah. shows her having an altercation with the man about food, about getting food, something. Grant, we don't know what happened before the video or right. after, but based on all the reports, he's having a conversation with a woman. He gets upset. They're kind of going back and forth with each other. He threatens to hit her. And then, and this is what I posted, because it's a trigger warning about these type of things online and certain people, excuse me, certain people don't want to see certain images, and I get that. And I don't post every type of violence I see, but I want to make a point sometimes. Like yeah. the level... I like how incorrect this was. This black man, yeah. this woman, harder than I've ever seen any uh, woman get hit by a man. And this is a fact. So yeah. after this man hits this woman, this woman is there with her son. The son goes to the car, gets a gun. I come to find out the gun was registered in her name. So it was legal. It was a legal firearm she had. Her 14-year-old son came into the restaurant and yeah. shot this man dead. And my and my response to that is I don't know what anybody wanted that young man to do. Right. I don't know how he could have approached this differently because me and my partner was talking about it, Sonia. If the son was 21, 23, 25, maybe he would have fought him. Right. Maybe he would he would have went there and said, I'm not watching nobody put their hands on my damn mama like this. Right. So I'm about to jump right. in and get active. You know what I'm saying? But a 14 year old, he's helpless. Yeah. He's, he's helpless, and we have to protect the women and children in our community. And what he did was predatorial. That that activity was predatorial. That's some dusty nigga shit. Like we have a that section level. of the black men in our yeah, we have a section of black men in our society that need to be checked. How they treat their kids, how they treat our women. Look, we the people on the outside of the community is not gonna come in and do this. You see what I'm saying? They gonna do it on some nefarious shit. We need to do it yeah. with love. Yeah. In that situation, I don't see how that young man could have handled it any different, but we gotta take care of our own, and that was his mama. You can't put your yeah. hands on a woman. Now, I, I, after posting this video, I seen all kind of comments where people were saying she shouldn't, you shouldn't argue with a man if you know a man can play or do something. This isn't a fact. You shouldn't. If a woman ain't about to kill you, I don't think there's a reason to subdue her. I don't think there's a reason to put your hands on a woman. If she's not about to kill you, stab you, shoot you, then you got to take it from her. You got to remove, you got to do something then. But in this situation, so when you're looking at this man hit this woman, how, how do you think the 14 year old boy was supposed to react? I am. I have been agonizing over one, this conversation when I first saw it, um, it was such a trigger, you know, being the mother of, six black boys i know that mine they turn into hooligans real quick like we didn't shelter them from you know we may have moved them out but we exposed him like i'm not i'm not playing with you ain't there ain't never one of them my 10 year old he ain't playing with nobody when it comes to his mama i don't care mm -hmm. if i have an argument with my 28 year old last week 
he is not playing when it comes to his mama. And yep. so I, I think that we do a good job as black women in making sure that our black boys know love, but something in that black man, somebody didn't love him. Somebody, in order for you to think that it's okay to cock your fist up at a black woman, somebody, he witnessed somebody beat his mama, his grandmother. That mm. was the norm. It had to be the psychological imprint on his mind to think that that's okay. Mm. But I'm telling you, Harrison, if my babies would have seen something like that, it would have, they would have fought to their death to make sure that I was okay. What and else so supposed to do? Right. That's exactly what they're supposed to do. You know what, I mean? what my heart hurts at, at is too often our young black boys have to make that kind of decision. And mm. it's so not fair that they have to make that kind of decision because they've seen elder men in their community do things to violate the women in their community. And so mm -hmm. let's be honest in what we talk about when we talk about it, right? Because mm -hmm. that violation alone, like I was sick by the fact that everybody ran. When he hit her the first time, everybody ran out the restaurant. Mm. I'm like, why y'all running? This is the opportunity for us to protect each other. Because my question, I, I, I had this happen. I promise you, this happened in Elk Grove. Two kids, we're sitting at a band concert my now 24-year-old was in band in the eighth grade. High school kids, they chasing each other because they trying to fight. They're trying to find this kid. He calls himself running into the band concert. And he sits down next to the black family that just happens to be mine. But peep game, I'm from the hood. So I'm watching and I'm seeing them kids outside the door, like doing all this kind of stuff. Come on, come out and trying to egg them to come outside. And I'm watching the little boy and I'm like, I looked over at him. I said, you good? He says, do you mind me sitting here for a little while? I said, mm -hmm. I don't mind. I said, but I'm going to need a number to your mom and dad. Somebody needs to come get you because mm. they going to get your ass when you walk up out of here. <laughs> I promise you, Harrison, one of the kids got so impatient that he sat his ass there in that con and the concert had just gotten started. So no long, you know, these kids, they impatient. One of the boys walked into the dangong auditorium and started to try to fight the boy. I stood up and I said, now, God damn it. I know all y'all men up in this room. See what's happening right now. And I'm Ooh. the only one that's starting to, who's attempting mm. to break this fight up. Come on now. And my question loudly was, where are the men? Wow. Because this is important for those two boys lives did not stand up for them to think that it was okay for you to walk into a band concert and start beating up another kid. This is, and this is important. And I had a baby kid stroller right next to me. So my baby at the time was like an infant. Mm. <laughs> and I'm breaking up a fight between two boys. Yeah. And then Sonia, I didn't see on the video, you made an important point. I didn't see the individuals run when the fight started. But what, but something I was thinking was how many men was in there? How many men when were that there? started? Because and again, so we're gonna we gonna go to two two different directions. How many men right. was in there? Does this woman have a man herself? All this right. is important. Is there a man sitting at home that could have got the information and came back and handled this? Is there a man right. sitting at home she could have called? See, so 
all of it goes, all of it breaks down to, damn, that's a good point you made of this young man being put in a situation because all of it breaks down to where are the men to protect our community? And that young boy, I'm not going to lie. I salute him. You, you yes. stepped up and that, and, and it's, I feel kind of both ways on because I don't wish death on nobody. Even the right. Negroes in our community who right. act up, people will hate when I say this, but that's still my brother. He right. just need help. He just need healing. He's been a part of this same racist ass white supremacist society as everybody else. So Absolutely. what's his trauma? No excuses for him. But no. what's his trauma? What he what he been through? And it's quid pro quo. Like you, what you do, that shit come back to you. So he, what he did was foul as hell. So he can't be upset at somebody reacting that way. Because I tell people a lot of times, if you slap somebody and they sock you, who's worse? You can't control the clapback. You can't control how somebody is going to respond to your disrespect and your violence. So the brother lost his life, and I'm sure he got a family. He right. probably got kids. But that's unacceptable behavior. And when Absolutely. you when you do shit in a certain manner, you can't predict how someone's going to respond. This is why you should move a certain way. See? Yeah. But this was in Chicago. And if our community was on point, Sonia... He wouldn't have even wanted to do that because he would have understood if I put my hands on this woman and yeah. any black man see me, he going to get at me. When can Absolutely. we get to that point? When can we get you to that man? point? Yes. And I'm glad that you mentioned that how many men were there. So two things come to mind for me because, you know, as a history teacher and, and, and you know, a person with a degree with psychology, I think that black men in particular, we tread that you all tread this line so finely and it's hard to make a decision. Do I do this or do I do that? Because we are talking about Chicago mm -hmm. had any of those men potentially got at that man. We don't know the level of retaliation that's coming back to our door. If we step into a situation that wasn't our fight to begin with. And so well, that's why these conversations are important to me is that this is our community. And the only way for us to secure and protect our community is that one, we are standing up and being vocal about the issues that are happening in our community, but two, be 10 toes down in the fight. Like I, I I'm, I'm mad at every. I was mad at every man in that auditorium, but I'm mad at every black man that was in that auditorium who you allowed me to break up to a fight between two little black boys. I'm mm -hmm. mad at y'all because you don't say, oh, where's my place to put my hands on somebody else's child? When you see that somebody else's child is getting hurt, like, come go. on, common sense. We want to stop the bleeding instead of letting it flow. Mm -hmm. And that's the part that I think we 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 disconnect ourselves from. We have been given per, per we've been not given permission. We've been conditioned because mm -hmm. of white supremacy to detach from our own families, our people who look like us. I can't mm -hmm. protect that slave. The slave master said, "Make them pick more cotton." Mm -hmm. The slave master said, don't take them no food from the big house. Mm -hmm. The slave master said, go there and come back. Get yourself a treat along the way, but don't share with nobody who look like you. The slave master dividing. has Yes. That's the division. And that's They've the division that we the still yep. see to this day is that that division is so ingrained in our psyche that mm -hmm. when we make it out the hood, we then become elitist and we like, I don't fuck with them niggas over there. No, mm -hmm. them niggas is, over there is, is us. This is and that's see. So that's that's my resolve. So yeah, that's where I've gotten to because I would see 
black men doing shit i would consider coon behavior disrespectful right. behavior and i say banish them right. get them out of that community and never bring them back but now i'm like wait a minute it's i know the trauma side. i know the trauma i had to face as a young black right. man in this in in this country what did he have to face and, and right. me and you one of our first conversations you kind of broke something down to me like this well look how about we just put him in a corner for a while how about we remove him from all of us just so he can get some get right like eliminating him like if we a tribe, let's basically let's figure out our own disciplinary mechanism yes. between us that don't involve nobody else. And if right. somebody got to get it, I mean, if somebody is just completely not what we what we doing, you may have to get it may have to turn fatal. Well, let's, <laughs> let's try some other options first. You see what I'm saying? In this right. situation, homeboy, he pushed that young man's hand. I don't know nobody else. I don't know anybody around me, anybody I've spoken right. to. If you see your mama get hit like that, you jumping into action. And if you have a gun, if you're in, in an environment where gunfire in the use of gun is so readily available, some of us wouldn't even think twice. And can I say he's wrong? I can't say he's wrong. I'm sorry. I can't say that. You see what I'm saying? So we need to learn how to pro the, the, the protection of the women and the children. is It's, it's going to be a process because yeah. some of us, just to keep it real, having a hard time protecting the woman and child that's around us right now. That's right. our family. Right. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. So I can't go ask you to go fight for another motherfucker if you ain't even been right. doing it for your own family. That's why a lot of the shows I do on my own and in different forms, we're going to talk about a black man being a father to your kids. That's first. You got to protect home first. If you yeah. create a structure where you become good at it, you, you, you have a routine you've created that you see it's benefiting your family. Yeah. You need to be smart about how you approach people, but we can't just allow our families to get attacked. We can't allow that type of activity with women because, with, like you said, in Chicago or certain cities, you can protect a black man or woman, and then the person you put your hands on can come back for you. So Absolutely. let's be tactful. Yeah. Let's say some, hey, what's up? Stop, jump, right. grab them. Do something. Because me personally, I would have, me and homeboy would have fought. And then yeah. anything that happens after that happens after that. But that would have been my instinct. Right. Because I think that's a, to me, that's a part of this game. Like that's a part of this, this, this black liberation movement we own. Sometimes right. you may have to put your neck out there. I know you got a family. Yeah. You may want to, you want to protect your legacy and shit you got going on, but it's bigger. It's about all of us. And until we right. can, cause we talk about our community back in the day when it was a village where yeah. it, uh, uh, when I was in new Orleans, neighbors used to whoop me. Yes. People who caught me coming home, people who caught me skipping school, they were with me and it was OK. We got to get we got to find a way to get back to some type of semblance of where that was an OK thing. Now we go. Now that happens, they're going to be like, why you put your hands on my baby? Right. Well, your baby so was terrorizing the damn community. Absolutely. Likewise, your response is like, as a black man, I'm going to have a conversation with this black man. I, I feel the same way. I'm going to be like, sis, how can I help you in this situation? What is it that you really need? I want to be that broker. I want to be that that conduit in between of what are we doing here? I would be in that line looking at everybody in that line like, um, okay, you get him and I'll get her and let's try to we, get this situation. Let's do something. Something. Even a, because he hit the way he hit her, we would have had Woo! to fight. Just grabbing him, we couldn't have grabbed him. He'd have had to fight. Now, as a man, you gotta be, you gotta be ready. If he, if he yeah. fuck you up, so what? Look, sister, I'm sorry. He got us both. Right. Shit. Right. <laughs> I, but I'm, 
I'm stepping up and, and the yeah. men around the community have to know if I do said thing, the people around here going to banish me from the, 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 the neighborhood. The people around yeah. here yeah. going to tell, we talking about gangs, the people around here going to tell the gangs, this dude just did whatever. Now they got to get them, y'all. Our gangs wasn't started to fight each other. I'm not on no black on black violence shit. That's some no. that's some political rhetoric, but we hurt each other way quicker than we hurt people outside Absolutely. of our community. And this is the and, but you know keep I mean? that in mind why we do that though. We know why we do that because it's like I can't get them, so I'm gonna get the next weakest person next to me because there I've been go. hurt so badly that there we go. I need to get some of this off me. And we we, we need to figure out the ways of how did I get how do I get that off me? I don't care if yeah. it's therapy, I don't care if it's I gotta go take boxing classes to get out my frustration. Exactly. I don't care if it's I have to have conversation. We got to figure out how to get that that bad, I call it bad juju, that energy, that mm -hmm. thing that we carry mm -hmm. with us when you walk into the room and folks can read you because your face is like so frowned up and you look like you had the worst day. But I'm gonna say all day long, what what do my background say? It's a support black women, protect black women, respect black women, elevate black women, buy for black go. women. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, Malcolm X mm -hmm. said from day one, he said the most mm -hmm. disrespected and unsupported and neglected creature on the face of the earth is the black woman. And mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I'm a firm believer that who they ha have discovered were the roots of where we all come from, being on the continent of Mother Africa, uh, that all of our DNA and mitochondria is in everybody's blood and DNA. I'm sorry, mm -hmm. I'm going to take my royal position and assert myself. And even some black men don't like to hear that message. Like, I, I know who I am as a woman, right? But because the condition mm -hmm. has been to conquer and divide, sometimes we don't know how to accept a assertive black woman. So yeah, she might've been sure. out of pocket. She might've said something out of pocket, but I know me, mm -hmm. I can say some out of pocket shit. And <laughs> I, my expectation, is not ever going to be ever, ever, ever going to be that somebody is going to punch me in the face because my mouthpiece outshines yours. Come mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. And this Come sister, 35 year old Carlicia Hood is her name. The charges Carlicia have been Hood, dropped. Yes. The charges have been dropped against her and her son because the video was all the evidence that prosecutors and defense attorneys need to show that this was rightfully so like the the yeah. I, I think in that state it was stating something like if you're at risk of bodily harm if something is happening to you in that manner you have the right to defend yourself family i'm just saying i wish we get to the point where we defend our neighborhood against outsiders in the same manner the same but energy this won't happen until we first start doing it in our community you feel me yeah. so this is another episode of the Metalated Combo Podcast. Me and my sister Sonia Williams Lewis. Always important conversations, man. Until we change, until enough of us are on board with us unifying, because you can go vote, you can go do a lot of things outside of the community. But if we come back to the community and it's in disarray and we don't like each other and some shit come up with somebody black and you all negative, and let's stop all that, man. Let's let's create Absolutely. unity. By understanding what's going on out here, understanding how important everybody's role is, like everybody individual's role is important for the collective. You feel me? So this yeah. is your brother Harrison, Melanated Convo Podcast. So you tell everybody where they can find you and what you do. 
you know, follow me on Instagram. I'm at Sonia Said It or at Ascribe Success. If you ever need help with your organization, the company that you work for, and you just see some stuff that just don't sit right with you and you don't feel like you could be, that you even belong there. Like, mm-hmm. and they doing, they call themselves doing diversity and equity work. And I say that with quotations and very sarcastically because I am not your traditional DEI professional. I'm letting you know that at the root of all of these issues, it is race. It is all the isms that we have been conditioned to behave Mm -hmm. and believe a certain kind of way. And we don't have to. We can unlearn Mm -hmm. that shit. And I say I'm saying that in the most professional way that I can. We can unlearn that shit because that's exactly what it is. There we go. <laughs> Thank you, my sister. So, I'm your brother, Harrison, man. Metalated Combo 100. Holla at your boy. Go to the website, precisioncreate.com, and get some shirts and holla at me, man. But we got we to gotta talk, everybody. Everybody get on board. Talk to your family. Too much of you black folks don't give a shit about us, man. I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Just to Let's make give it simple a shit for about you. us. <laughs> And you are me and I am you. Like when I see somebody black coming to the store or something, I make eye contact. What's up? We in here. What's up? What up, boy? Hey, 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 hey. It's me and you in here, boy. You know what I mean? Sometimes I get it reciprocated, sometimes not. But I'm not going to change that for nobody. Like we got to be the change we want to see in the world. That's what I'm doing. You feel me? So Melanie the Combo Podcast, my sister Sonia, we out.